You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Trash Pandas. We are going to be covering Murder Among the Mormons. Among the Mormons. Which is a new Netflix. Which, like, who? first off, who knew? Oh, oh yeah! I did. I actually did not. Know I this. had no idea this shit. Like I was alive phone. when this happened. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have no recollection so. <laughs> of these events, Your Honor. Like I, Your Honor. <laughs> I know, and you like you would think this would be like huge ass news. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about this documentary. I'm Lindsay, <laughs> one of your hosts, and I am joined here by my wonderful, beautiful, amazing cousin, Lauren, yes. and my wonderful, beautiful, amazing co-host, Dave. <laughs> D- D- Dave's just happy to be here with two hot blondes. That's Dave's, Dave's good. Dave's. That's what I like to hear. Dave's yeah. in, like the Dave's best in, compliment. Dave's in his happy place. Yay. Yay, Dave. And, and not just because I'm behind a microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and, but again, you know, disclaimer, uh, for the love of God, go watch uh, the South Park All About Mormons episode <laughs> because I feel like that truly sets the tone yeah. um, for how insane Mormons are. Is that the Trapped in the Closet episode? No, no, no. So that no, was Scientology. Scientology. Yeah. Okay, never mind. No, so the Mormons. That's the dum 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 Mormon, dum 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 yes. dum dum. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and that's the thing, like, so like, and, and like, so that episode is what teaches you, like, so you know the phrase, um, oh my God, you're talking out of your hat? I mean, most people say talking out of your ass, yeah. but the, ori- the original phrase is talking out of your hat. Oh, I didn't know that. That comes from Joseph Smith, because his whole shtick was, oh, I, I've got these special magical plates and these seer stones, but I have to put them in this giant hat, and then I look in the hat, and then I read the translation to somebody. And so he was bullshitting the entire. So that's it's talking out of your hat. That's I where that not. phrase comes I know from. And see, welcome to education this is why with Dave. We have you, Dave. <laughs> and so, but like, so that, so yeah, but so that that episode is amazing. Um, and and like, so I've I've always been like, dude, Mormons are effing weird. But like, this was. Whoa. But back to the South Park guys, they yeah. did the whole Book of Mormon so on that, Broadway. Yes. So that Which Broadway was, play yeah. was an offshoot yeah, because, uh, because that, that episode was so successful right, 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 and right, so popular. Right. right. Because, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a Scientology one, too, because that one was really good. I mean, the Mormonism <laughs> faith is wild. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, there's a lot of culty... Um, Characteristic. And the hate mail comes rolling in. I know. <laughs> it's like I get freedom of religion and I'm totally cool with it. But when you start exploiting people in that way. Well, so yeah. honestly, that was the best. The the very yeah. end of the South Park episode mm-hmm. is when uh, I think it's, yeah, Kyle like is telling off the Mormon kid because the whole thing is like a Mormon family moves to town. <laughs> um, and he's like telling off the Mormon kid about like, dude, you know, your religion's a joke and it's based on bullshit. Nah, 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 nah. And the kid's like, dude, like, here's the deal. Like. I get – yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's total crap. But you know what? At the end of the day, my family's happy and we get along together and that's all that really matters. And like yeah. you're more concerned about like judging me because of what we – like what book I, li- I listen to. Like dude, right. you got a lot of – got a lot. what was it? You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> I, I, I'm reading um, Trevor Noah, Born a Crime and it's so funny because he talks a lot about like the colonialism that came into like South Africa at that time and he was like – you know, they were all about sh- 
shutting down like these African tribes and like the religions they were practicing. And he was like, but when it came to Jesus, a guy turning wine in, or water into wine, mm-hmm. obviously that's real. Yeah. Like, that's a real so thing. it's like, it's, it's not like, just a magician. Right. It's like, what, what <laughs> are you My imaginary friend in the sky cheesy. is better than your right. imaginary friend in the sky. Yeah. Oh, God, here comes this is <laughs> the where it real way hate man. Right, yeah. No, so so like for those who don't know, so Mormon, uh, so the whole the whole Mormon Church is based on um, there was a guy named Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. um, who according to the stories uh, went out into the woods, uh, and, and this is this is the story as he tells it. Um, he was visited uh, by an angel, uh, the angel Moroni uh, or Moroni, uh, and told him to go out in the woods and mm-hmm. find these golden plates, mm-hmm. uh, which because the Bible is wrong. Um, and, and didn't tell the story right. And so, uh, the Book of Mormon is supposed to be the third and mo- and only accurate book of the Bible where, um, Jesus is Caucasian, um, and, and, uh, and, and was born, uh, in, in America. Um, oh, yeah, of and, course. Because why wouldn't yeah, he be? And, I mean, uh, Salt Lake City. Yep. Right. And, uh, all. SLC <laughs> punks. Yeah. That's Jesus. And, uh, all, uh, all Native Americans used to be white. Right. Um, until one yeah. tribe turned against Jesus and he made them red. Oh, um, I see. And, I didn't know. Oh, see, that's so, that's a, <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Our people. Oh, oh, so oh, oh it's one single it's, tear. it's not just oh, it's not just a cult. Oh, there's, there's oh, the Mormons are just as racist as the rest of us. Oh, well, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly, there's like hardly any diversity within the Mormon church. That's but true. Oh, they're all is, white. They're all blonde. They're all right, they're, they're right. very third yeah. Reichic. Very Aryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're very <laughs> they're very Aryan. Yeah. So um, good. So great that you brought this up. So this story actually takes place in Salt Lake City in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And um, it begins with this brief overview of Mormonism. And um, we find out there's like within Mormonism, there's like this divine mandate to preserve history. Mm-hmm. And so Mormons are really, really enthusiastic about finding these well, and rare I, documents. And I think like every religion has this. Well, like, right. Yeah. Like, the Vatic- sure. like the Vatican for archives sure. are ridiculous and, and, sure. and all that kind of stuff. But like this, but you know, this, is, this is newer here. Yeah. for us, too. Right. Like, oh, yeah, where it's like. Because okay, Newsflash, this is like the 1800s. Right, right. That's right. Like, Mormon, like Mormonism right. just came about right. relatively recently yes. in history. Yes. yes, yes, absolutely. So there's like within Salt Lake City, there's all of these like book dealers and these rare document finders. Um, and you can you can actually end up making like a lot of money um, trying to find these these rare documents and and what have you. And that's kind of like where our story begins. Um, so as Dave mentioned, like early Mormonism is filled with like these treasure ta- treasure tales and um, and Mormon ar- artifacts and Mormons everywhere are trying to seek them out. And so um, this leads us to one of like our major things is is our our main guy <laughs> Mark uh, Huffman yeah. trying to find these rare documents and of course doesn't set anyone off that he finds them all right you know? okay like, but here's like here's the thing like uh, okay so like the way and I, did I give again this documentary could have probably been an episode or two shorter mm-hmm. Always, I, I, I'm going yeah, to get that out of the way. Um, mm. But they do a really good job because by the time episode four hits, I'm like, 
Oh, I, I take it back. Like halfway through episode three, I'm like, are are they gonna tell me that this month? Yeah, like that. Yeah. This is where this is going. Because yeah. here's because here's the thing. Like so, they, like it's we get uh, there. There's some like news clips and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. um, about these bombs yeah. that have gone off in Salt Lake City, and uh, there's and people die, and and it's it's like and again, which is why I'm like, God, why do I not remember? Eh. Right, but again, right. this like this is before. This is before the 24-7 news cycle. Right. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because that's yeah. one of the things they talk about is the trial mm-hmm. is like the first thing mm-hmm. that's actually broadcast on right. CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just it, it, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're introduced to Shannon Flynn, who's a rare document dealer. And I put a. Who's a dude? I put a.k.a. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh for because, sure. Because of Lauren. He OK. So like we see other clips of him like when yeah. he's younger and he has like a normal voice. But he always he has like that kind of like I, I hate to say this because I know that I'm probably going to get a whole bunch of backlash for it. But he kind of has like that like uh, sultry like I'm a I'm definitely a rapist like kind of <laughs> kind of voice to him. Um, but then when you see him as like an older man, he talks like Winnie the Pooh, like yeah. it's very breathy, like yes. whisper. It's very like that. <laughs> Mark Hoffman was my best friend. And he's very emotional. He's a, um, yeah. he's a, uh, he's a COVID spreader. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's very, uh, very, talks like this all the right, time. Right. Very breathy. And I didn't, I, d- I just, I don't want to make him a hero. Yeah. I right. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me answer that question. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then we hear about Mark Hoffman, who, uh, from Shannon Flynn says he's basically a rock star in the document finding world. And we come to find out why eventually. And compares him to Indiana Jones, which, like, I'm like, like, can we not talk this guy up? Like, he's not a good guy. He's, well, but we don't know that now. We don't know. Right. Like, yeah. I guess, yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, but I'm already putting two and two together. Oh yeah. Oh, see, and I, see, and I, me, like I walk, and I should by now. Not? Like I should, I should know by now that whoever yeah. is being held up on a pedestal in episode yeah. one, right, is going to be the giant bag of yeah. in yeah. episode four. Right, <laughs> like, is the downfall. <laughs> right. So then we see um, Dory Hoffman, who is Mark's wife, mm-hmm. and. Um, they're together and they're they're going through when Mark finds his first rare document. And he's a student when he finds his first rare document written, Over in England. written by Joseph Smith himself mm-hmm. called Anth- the Anthem Transcript. Yep. And basically um, his wife sits down with this book that Mark found and she's like flipping through it at their kitchen table. It's a, and, uh, it's a Bible. Yeah, yeah, it's a Bible. Yep. And it opens up and she finds this rare document like put inside of well, yeah. So she's yeah, she's flipping pages, and she's like, "Hey, I, I think yeah. there's here. something stuck between yeah. Yeah. in the binding." But and and so he yeah. was like, "Oh, all right." And then they, they cut her, and they find right. this Anthem tra- yeah. transcript, and basically, it lights his fire to find more. After this, um, he finds all of this crap, and bas- it basically validates the yeah. Book of Mormon. Is really what like it comes down to is that's like validating some of the the stuff that. The Mormon Church is trying to like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and we'll get more into yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to get super <laughs> interesting because he is actually an atheist Mormon. Yeah, exactly. uh, so that's really interesting. But um, I feel like he kind of had to like build the trust though there to be yeah, like, oh, no, I have he these did. Di- you know he what I mean? So, so he had to do something that was like so, pro Mormon, right? So we talk about like with 
like in my students, we talk about like ethos, pathos, and logos. And when you're you're building your ethos, you're building your credibility. And mm-hmm. he's that's exactly what he's doing right now is he's building his credibility um, with this first document, which we don't know at this point in the documentary that this is a fake. Um, we'll find out later more. But uh, the story uh, – so apparently – uh, he was a bit of a ge- uh, a genius, uh, his friends say, with his ability to, like, recall and remember, like, minute details about things. Um, like, I, I felt a little attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I like I, I, I could be that guy. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you could be. Not going to lie. You definitely could be. But that doesn't mean that you're a Markov. The other so. thing, too, is that the Bible, <laughs> the Bible that he finds this stuff inside of is said to be Joseph Smith's sister's granddaughter's Bible. Yeah. Yes. Like, how did you get your hands on that? Right. Dude? Well, no. So, no, he, so, I mean, the, so the, the provenance, the prov- the provenance of the Bible is actually legit. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, and that's, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. So, like, and that's. The so, Bible is real. That's so, why it makes the document right. feel so more the, real. So the, and that's the, dude, like anybody, like every liar knows that the best way to get a lie across is to shroud it in truth. Sure. You know, if you, you know, the whole two truths and a lie thing, like, you know, if you, if you, if you have a big if if you have a big enough lie and you but you have enough truth truth around it to make it seem plausible, right. it's gonna pass the right. sniff test. Right, right, right. And so right. that's the thing. So I mean, he was, and that's the thing. He did do a great job yeah. with going to these old bookstores oh, yeah. and finding all of like these legit. Yeah. You know what? What could have been yeah. period documents and period you know Bibles and that kind of stuff, and and finding these books, he could have had a great career just being legit Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have made but again we'll cover that later right exactly (laughs) so um i wrote a note story of the document finder who found the who found the church fired because of what he found do you have anything more about that um the next thing that i have is basically that um brent metcalf asked to do a genealogical research on the document Okay, and then uh, it was like 137 years old, and they found more and more stuff like that he was like finding, and that um, he was tracking like old letters down and like with like postage seals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's like how he. So was, and, and like, that was the thing, them. like so he did, like dude, <laughs> like he he knew his shit, like so he mm-hmm. knew, like so that and so like he knew he always has the inside trade, going, right? And so and so know? that's the thing, like and like because that's the thing, like you start meeting these other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, who like apparently there's like a whole little there's a world club in Mormonism about that's yeah. dedicated to the documents yeah. and you know the history and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and so you know they were like God you know yeah this guy knew what you know what seal meant that was likely legit right, exactly. what you know what you know what what binding right. meant this and they, and they talked about that like he like he would walk into a bookstore. And, and he just knew kinda, where and just the kinda, Mormon books were. Well, and just kind of like, walk around because he knew right. like what exactly color, what he was what color for. of the book yeah. he was looking for, what yeah. size of like because it's like yeah, they printed the they printed the, things in yeah. different sizes yeah. with specific bindings yeah. and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. So he became a genius at this. So the, the next thing I have is um, December twenty seventh, nineteen eighty three. This is the Salamander letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in a box where the gold plates were, and Mark Hoffman, of course found it um and this is a huge ass deal because it basically completely questions the mormon creation story 
Um, so that's and that's the whole point is right. so it's this letter basically says no no this isn't how it's it not the angel Moroni right, right. that he met that it's, Joseph Smith met it's this white salamander <laughs> that he met in the forest <laughs> who told him this story what kind of drugs were you on no. <laughs> I, I mean you know if you're, you're gonna believe a guy's t- documenting forgers but, yeah no like. yeah, well, I mean if you're gonna believe that a guy disappears with twelve friends for three days and comes back and the wife has no questions <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So when I was like, when I was trying to think about like an analogy of like how huge this was, the immediately is like the Christian creation story. Like, imagine some document being founded, and all of a sudden, I mean, like the like the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Apocrypha, the the whole (laughs) entire creation story is Mm -hmm. just completely uprooted. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, like the Mormon Church like doesn't want this because Mm -hmm. they're like. An angel sounds way more legit than a fucking salamander. Our entire religion is based me? on a lizard. Right. Yeah. Like, are you Like Scientology. Me? Right. We're, oh my God. we're saying we're like lizard people now. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Now so, we're going to now, now, God, now it's gonna be on Fox News. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, the you know, PR shit. Their eyelids blink this God way. Damn yeah. it. The PR. This God is going to be a PR it. nightmare. This is going to be a fucking PR nightmare. 2020 can kiss my ass. (laughs) God damn it, lizards. So, um, Ron Decker uh, singing. (laughs) And I said, LOL, he was a news anchor. So there's this news anchor at the time named Ron Decker, and um, they, like, show video of him, like, singing, like, these Mormon songs. And he is talking about Mark Hoffman and just, like, how huge this discovery was. I mean, it really rocked Mm -hmm. the Mormon world. Like, and and that's the thing, like, us not being Mormons, we don't understand, but, like, at the time, it was like, holy shit. Like, the, our whole foundation of this religion is completely rocked. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and of course, and so, and, and here's the, the important part of this is so the church buys yeah, the salamander letter. Right. And they locks keep it away it under wraps, right? right. And, and they don't let they don't allow anybody to look at it. They don't allow anybody to study it. They don't. It's it's nope. Thanks. That's going in the vault. So apparently, this letter was from a guy named Martin Harris, and the letter said Joseph Smith was led to the gold plates by a white salamander, and this contradicted the church's belief. So who was his? His I, I believe scribe? his scribe. Yeah, yeah. his scribe. So the, so here's yeah. so and it, again, it, it, which the South Park episode does a great. It lays this out really well. So the way that this the way this happens is so Joseph Smith comes and in, comes back into town and goes to this guy Martin Harris. Martin Harris is a uh, very wealthy dude. Yeah. Um. And so he's uh, Joseph Harris. Uh, Joseph Smith goes to him and says, "Hey, I found these golden plates mm-hmm. uh, that I'm going to put into this hat. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to look into the hat." And I want you to be my scribe and be yeah. my translator so that you, you write this down. And, and so that's, so that's that story. Right, right, right. And so that, and that's that. So here's the fun part of the story is at one point in time, uh, Martin's, Martin is married. Yeah. And Martin's wife, Lucy. Uh, yeah. So they, we hear about her later too. And so, so Martin, uh, Lucy is like, why are you encouraging this asshat? Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. like, there's, there's no way in hell this is real. And he's like, no, but like, why would he lie? It's the angel and God and yada yada. And so Lucy Harris says, okay, give me those three pages. 
that yeah. you just transcribed yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put them up here. And you tell him that they've been lost. And, and then let him translate it again. Because if he's reading from the tablets, it should be identical, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Martin Harris goes back to him, but he's, he's like, Joe, he's like, Joe, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, Joe, the, I'm sorry. The, 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 I lost Can I call you Joe? I lost the papers, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Joseph Smith this is, makes up this, he's like, oh, I gotta go pray on this. And so, like, and he, and he comes back the next day and he's like, dude, God is really angry. Uh, that that you lost those pages. In fact, he's so God mad. Damn it. He's so mad that now I can't translate them this way anymore. Now I have to translate them this way. It's like Abraham seeing the burning bush. Oh, totally. I'm it's, the only one seeing it. Uh, so, God's yeah. talking. Oh yeah, through a fucking burning and, bush. And so, and, what kind of drugs are you on? Oh yeah, and so and, and of course Martin Martin's like, oh my god, God's yeah. angry. Of course, this right. has to be real. I just I I wish. There was like I would love a periodic uh, like painting, yeah, of 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 the eye roll that Lucy Harris gave the hard eye, right? Like when yeah. when he like when Martin yeah. explains the story, but yeah, so that's that's who Martin Harris yeah. is in this story. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then we're introduced to Steve Christensen, and he talks about how he loves the church, but he feels the need for intellectual transparency when it comes to the history. So Steve Christensen. Christensen is one of these rare document mm-hmm. document collectors, and um, yeah, so he loves the church. He obviously wants to keep up the church church's ideals, but he he agrees that there needs to be some transparency in it. So Steve authenticates the letter and he buys it for forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Forty thousand dollars yeah. in eighty five. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's that's a good yeah. chunk of change. I mean, even now, that's a lot of money, right? But yeah, but in '85, that's a that's a lot of Back to the Future tickets. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of DeLorean. Yeah, or whatever. Back to the I don't know. Tickets. So uh, the Salamander letter creates a lot of problems for the church and the president of the church, Hinckley. I forget his first name, but he released. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Kind of looks a little bit like the guy from Poltergeist Two. I love Poltergeist the, like the so old, like, much. Like, that is like Caroline. one of my like. No, no, but, no, no, but two like the the creepy guy that like that shows oh, us. Oh, like yeah, with the he, hat. Oh yeah, with the, yeah, he shows up on the porch. Keeps showing up outside mm-hmm. the, the, that guy. Yeah, kind of yeah, reminds me right, of that guy. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy shit! That's, that's all you. I could think of the Thank entire time. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so Hinkley releases the letter, and everyone loses it because it challenges the Mormon history and the origin story and the entire faith. Um, Steve Christensen ends up donating the letter to the church. So now they have total control over this letter. So then the the next thing that I have, and I don't know, Lo, you can correct me sure. if I'm like skipping ahead too far, but the next thing I have is Alvin Rust, um, who he's a coin collector. And Mark Hoffman um, would come into his store uh, f- with stuff for him. And he said, like, it was almost like 
Um, he would ask El- uh, uh, Alvin Ross basically like, "What are you looking for?" And then whatever he was looking for, Mark suddenly Hoff- he found Ma- right it. exactly. Suddenly, Mark Hoffman finds it. So he tells Alvin that he found this rare collection in New York City, but he needs help financing to buy it, and he needs a hundred and eighty thousand dollars to buy this collection. And this is called the McClellan Collection, and um. The letter in there was from Joseph Smith's wife, and that details it was actually Joseph Smith's brother who first found the gold plate. Oh, I'm yep. glad you have that. And this would be devastating to the church because you oh, have to remember to that— statues to Joseph Smith. Right, exactly. Oh, we're so Not only that, yes— Okay, yes, that, but also um, the Mormons are so huge into genealogy. Like, this would totally mm-hmm. throw off, like, who would be in charge of the church or who would be, who would have power, or who would not have power. Right. I mean, this would question all of that. Um, so the church outbids Mark Hoffman for these, quote, unquote, McClellan letters. Um, well, three hundred thousand. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't outbid. A hundred. Well, hundred. So here's. So here's, He was asking for a hundred and eighty thousand to finance to buy the letters yes. from Elvin Ross. He was asking Elvin Ross for this money. Yeah. For the these. Letters. So and and so Elvin's a guy who owns a um, the coin collector. Like a, yeah, he's yeah. got like a, a coin like shop in town, sort of thing. Or whatever. And he was like, yeah. dude, and he's like, and he you know, and he always finds uh, like the old Mormon script. Yeah. Uh, current like the old currency that they use yeah. and that kind of stuff. He's like, oh yeah, so he's you know, we've got this whole great relationship right. going. And he's and he comes to him and he says, hey, you know what? I found this thing, the McClellan collection. It's going to cost one hundred eighty grand to buy, but. I've already got the Mormon Church on the hook right. to pay three hundred. Right, exactly. So can you front me this right. money, right, so that I can go buy this and then right. we'll split it? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and he was uh, he was um, really generous with yeah, how like he was going to split money with these people. With people. That's yeah, crazy. no, I know, I know. I'm yeah, not. Such I'm a not. Generous I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying red flag. Oh yeah. Like, oh, because well, when we, when yeah. we get to that, um, what is it? The uh, the Freeman oath. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like that's yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then we go to October fifteenth, nineteen eighty five. So this is when the bombing happens at the judge building, and one man is killed. So there was a bomb in a box. It was addressed to the victim, and it was Steve Christensen. And um, Steve Christensen was killed by this bomb. Um, 9.15, that same morning, another bomb. This one killed Gary Sheets' wife, Kathy. Uh, Gary was Steve's business partner. Yep. So there's already a connection there. So Steve Christensen is killed, and then the wife of... Um, one of his business mm-hmm. partners yeah, at his house. is killed at their house. And they said that it was equal in power to two sticks of dynamite, yeah. which is like pretty intense. Well, and then what do we find out later, too, is like there is a nail in the yeah. bomb. I think that was only in the first one, though. Was it in both? I don't know. But I ju- yeah, it was just the first one. I thought oh, it was yeah. just the first just one. The yeah, first one? Okay. because the second one, okay, we'll get more into this, but the second one was supposed to be like a dummy, and it was like a 50-50 chance if it would go off. Well, so, depending on who you listen yeah. to. Yeah. Right. Well, that's 
Allegedly. Yeah, exactly. Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly, that's what was happening. So then we're into episode two already. So Boom. Um, this picks up showing uh, the bomb that hurt Mark Hoffman. So, so um, now we're at bomb number three. This is bomb number three. Yes. And this Mark Hoffman was hurt by this bomb. Well, but so he's then, and it goes off in his car. Mm-hmm. Which um, they thought that it was in the hood of his car. But I think it was just like in the car. Well, so the the way they yeah, I mean the way they make it sound they don't really know. Right. Um but, but initially so, they thought it was so, in the hood of the car. So bomb goes off in car. Um Hoffman boom. Um and <laughs> and has severe injuries. Yeah. Um I and this is where okay, this is where kind of the creepiness of 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 Mormonism comes in is cuz then you get that side guy who's like, "Oh, sprinkling I, holy water." I on I him. I, I <laughs> I had a bottle of oils in my pocket. I thought he was wearing wait, the, wait, he was wearing the, the fucking, proper garments, oh, under, undergarments. The magical underwear. Dude. And he was like, and so I, I, I put the oils upon him and I commanded him to yeah. live. Yeah. He saved his life single handedly yeah. by, by sprinkling him with oil and commanding, and commanding him. him to live. And he to did. Live. He saved his life single handedly. <laughs> we don't need hospitals or doctors no. or anything. We just need just more oil with we just need water. <laughs> we need oil or water you and know, somebody to come in. I was like, I was like you do you live. just carry like a salad so kit with you? you? Like right. you've got vinegar and oil. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just olive did oil. Did you have some salt and pepper? Like what, what's in this kit? I went <laughs> to the Vatican and when I was in Rome and yeah, there is like a bunch of like shops right outside the Vatican oh, that are just like touristy shops. Of course and there is. you can just buy like little samples of holy water oh, with perfect. like the Pope's because I totally with, know like the Pope's picture the Pope. on it and you're like, oh holy water. <laughs> like, okay. I just sprinkle it and start burning. I, 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 this I, I, I did see a sprinkler that I wanted really badly, and it was of the Pope, and his hands went like this, <laughs> and it sprayed the water from Papa his fingertips, Francisco. and I wanted it so bad. Oh my God, that's amazing. I went back, and then I like talked to the person. I was like, where'd you get that from? And she was like, yeah, it was stolen the next day. So <laughs> oh, like, God literally, she had it for one day. I was like, that's what's going to happen to me too so no okay so <laughs> after the mark hoffman bomb goes off and he's he's incapacitated incapacitated he's not dead he's alive uh media is picking up about the letters that he had on hand because obviously well, the police discover it he's got the mcclellan collection yeah, in his yeah. trunk right right yes. right so they start looking at Gordon Hinckley because he was buying the letters. Investigators believe the church is hindering. Oh, sorry. That's the next sentence. But, uh, but anyways, so Gordon Hinckley was going to be buying these letters. So they start like putting together like, mm-hmm. okay, there's this group of guys, right? And they're all involved in this this trade of documents. And there are some people that obviously have more interest in it than other ones. Sure. And um, but – Investigators start to believe when they start looking into who is doing the bombings that the church is hindering the investigation because they don't want these letters out. Right. Right. They don't want any questions about what they're preaching. Well, imagine. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like imagine Mm -hmm. if like your faith is now all of a sudden like completely completely shaken, shaken. Right. And like some people might be like, oh, that's crazy. But other people might be like my entire life was devoted to this idea. Right. You know, exactly. Like you and like you <laughs> So then um, we, we find out a little bit about Mark. 
York. So um, William and Lucille are his parents. William and Lucille Hoffman. And um, very devout. They are. Dad seems like a pretty uptight dude. Extremely devout. So they were upset about Mm -hmm. the fact that Mark like had books on dinosaurs that he was showing his kids because it promotes evolution. It promotes evolution and it like directly contradicts the word of Mormonism. Like, so they are very, very. Oh, yeah, because they're all about like the world is only 6,000 years old. Right, right, right. right, 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 right. So Mark, um, Mark advocated, uh, for the church on a mission to England in 1974. And this is where he started picking up rare Mormon books and reading anti-Mormon publications. Cause, well, because that's part of the Mormon faith is right. that you're supposed to go. Go and do a mission. Yeah. yeah. So he basically at this time starts questioning his faith and the Mormon narrative um, because he starts reading some of these like anti-Mormon publications when he's out on this mission. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting and something that I didn't know Know about Mormonism was that um, in England apparently they have a lot of Mormon documentation and a lot of Mormon literature. Um, so it wasn't rare or it wasn't a weird thing to go into a bookstore in London and find like some Mormon artifact at that time. No, not at all. Because well, I mean, you have to remember like. From a, from a historical perspective, right, right. Yeah, yeah. you've still got, even though like we've just fought the Revolutionary War and, and right. we're on, like there's still a heavy British yeah. influence here in the right. country. And so you still have a lot of old money mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. country. And so to them, being able to bring those, like I'm not going to lie, like part of me believes that some of it is bringing like, <laughs> look at these silly Americans. Oh my God. See, that's my, that is my thing. That is exactly what I was thinking. Let me tell you what like, they're believing today. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Irish? I don't know. I was trying to go Paul McCartney. I was trying to go I was trying to go Paul McCartney. Because Paul, 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 McCartney, Paul McCartney has that ring ding ding a ding a do. Oh he's got that he's got that he's got that southern he's got that southern London thing. And then because you don't want to go Cockney, because Cockney is just irritating as Paul. Yeah. That's very English. I love Cockney too. I love all I love, I, love I, love I, I love that. I love the cockney. cockney. That. You're cockney. both all about the cockney. We get it. <laughs> I love large cockney. <laughs> Any kind of cockney. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so, um, this is, like I said, this is where he basically starts. Well, but we learn, even though, like, he went on this mission, he was questioning the Mormon religion way before. Yeah, this they said, mission. like, he, he had his by, little, like, 13 or 14. Yeah. He had his little box. Yeah, his yeah. little crazy box, which we'll find out more about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So October 19th, 1985, we are introduced to Jerry De Ella, the the homicide investigator. And I love this. Dude, I love that guy. I know. He is is so like, he's just so homicide. Like, Like, honestly, that's what I, that's what I wait for. No, but you know what I mean? (laughs) No, I do, I do. But I'm like, oh my God. So like, he's so like, um... A, like, he's very street and he's very and real. Yeah. And he, you can just tell he gives yeah. no fucks. Right. He's like, like, he's, like he's just like, I don't give a fuck. 
fuck if the Mormon church cares about this or doesn't care about it. Like, I just want to figure out who killed these people. Right. Like, that's right. Like, can I yeah, just exactly. do like, my job? Do my job. Yeah. Right, exactly. exactly. Like, that's who this guy yeah. is. And I love that. So they set up, I love this, they set up the war room. And uh, they're looking at different theories of how this happens. So in their war room, you know, it's just like that. Like, it reminds me of, you've all seen the meme from the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, like, all the red string oh, yeah. and how it all ties. Oh, it's, it's all the, like, it's all the pictures like on the wall. smoking. Oh, and, and that's like, the best part. Picturing, like. Can we, by the way, can we yeah. just, for, like, I, I'm yeah. almost annoyed at this point that like Netflix has their like their like at the start of it they're like um, violence uh, and smoking. <laughs> oh my! God. Like we have to warn people that they're smoking. It's and, the 70s. It's and the 80s. Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. Everybody they still smoked. think this is birth control or whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> Give me a cheeseburger. You want cigarettes on that? Yeah. Of course I want cigarettes on that. I'm a man. I'm Give a me man. cigarettes. What about I need my cheeseburger? Cigarette sandwiches every right. day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I don't want filters. Just me up on a fillet of cigarettes. <laughs> they all of a sudden become like 1920s. Like, Ma, yeah. see? Got to remount, see? They're just mobsters now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was, and honestly, like, so yeah, he's he he is a, fan- like, like, he's one of the few people that I've seen in the course of the, all these documentaries that we've watched. I would love to sit down and have drinks yes, with that guy. sure. Like, yes. just, like, dude, yeah. like, here's a bottle of scotch. Tell me all Tell about me stories. It. Except yep. for, here's the thing. It's like, okay, this has to be probably the most interesting case he has ever worked. Like, if I'm going to sit down with some homicide investigators, give me Ramirez. Give me Hillside <laughs> yeah, Strangler. Give, uh, me, give me the fucking L.A. dudes who dealt with, like, so soapy. And I'm not saying Mark Hoffman ain't. But I'm just saying, like, this was probably their only one and done. Like right. I mean, what is Salt Lake well, City? Well, they say known all the time for? that there's. That's I mean, so we did well. Actually, rare. Actually, even for like people actually, in those like actually. Hold on. Wait, Lindsay's about to mansplain. Hold on. Well, actually, we'll mansplain. Ted Bundy spent a lot uh-huh. of time in SLC that is because true. his girlfriend was Mormon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he true. went to the Mormon church. So uh-huh. I just wonder, like, did they have any influence? They had to have. See, they now, had I have to go, now I'm going to have to go back and watch yeah, that shit again. Yeah, we have I to know. watch that shit. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Constantly. All right. So they, um, in their war room, they're investigating everyone. They're investigating um, Al Russ. They're investigating Brent Metcalf. They're, oh, they're investigating like, the guys e- that got e- blown up by the bombs. Everyone, yeah. Everyone. Everyone. So everyone is... Um, Investigated. So Shannon Flynn. Well, because they the get a call. Sorry. There's a call that comes in yeah. that says there are more bombs. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm not done yet. Yes. And and we, and here's the weird thing. Like that kind of was a throwaway thing because we get yeah. told they just that, randomly mentioned, and that. then we never hear exactly because I don't even have that written it's down, a, but I do recall that it's so a I'm like, red herring. Well, but like, so right. like, but like, so like, she, did nobody follow up on sorry, that? Sorry, I'm an English teacher. It's <laughs> what I would like to call a red herring. It's a dangling dun, participle. Dun, dun. <laughs> oh, <God>. Dangling <laughs> You got some danglers. All right. Sorry. We got some danglers left. So now we have, we have cockney and, and, and dangling danglers. participles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Shannon Flynn, Winnie the Pooh. 
um, was not removed from this list. He had intimate knowledge of the business dealings, and he was a close friend of Mark. Um, and okay, so and th- this is where we start learning about this, how close oh these my guys God. are. This right. is when this is one of my favorite parts of the documentary is we have these flashbacks to like the early 1980s when he's in his Toyota and they crash and they have like Uzis on them. And so and that's the funny thing. Like, they're so, like, like people that weren't alive back then. <laughs> right. Don't understand how cool. Yeah. I was the like, Toyota I was, MR2 was. Wait, because I was like, like, they don't. But I get it because I was like, okay, I get it. Like this was supposed to be a big thing at the time, but sure. it was just like so funny because I want like, you to like look. They at... get out and they have Uzis. And they're, <laughs> they're like, like, hold on, let me get out like, my giant shooting Uzi. like machine guns. They're wearing the pinstripe the suits. Desert. They have like, fedoras right. on. A giant. We're Mormons, see, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they have a cigar sticking out of. Them. I'm like, how does this go along with the Mormons? Because keep in mind, we're like, we're because we're still like right. a couple of years before Miami right. Vice. <laughs> So like the Ferrari hasn't become a thing yet, right? Uh, but no, so and that's the, yeah we do like and and like he was like oh yeah he's like you know so I had these hookups and like Mark was yes. like I want you to, like I'm trying to get my hand because Mark's making ridiculous money ridiculous off money. these documents yeah. that he's fi- that he's finding right, uh, right. And, and 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 he was like yeah he's like I'd love to get my hands on an Uzi he's like and and so this guy's like well I happen to know where we can get <laughs> an Uzi. <laughs> I can use my so connections. Sultry. And I feel like I feel like I'm not doing like I'm I feel like I'm overselling it because he's much more high pitched. No, like, he's, he's much more. Right. He is high, but yeah, it's like he's talking he's like, like this. I'm I'm Barry Whiting him, and I he's can't he's, believe yeah. he talks like this, Mark. He's like your asthmatic great aunt Ray. <laughs> No, right. he definitely has like an esoph, like an esophagus issue. Yeah. like something's yeah, happening. there's something happening. But there. yeah, so so yeah, so like they're they're buying these automatic weapons. They're riding, riding around cars. in his blue Toyota MR2 with their member only jackets. With the members only jackets, which hey, you know what? I'd wear one if I had one today. But <laughs> same. So Shannon um, ends up being arrested for an illegal firearm. Well, um, so as as they're going through all this, they're yeah. like, okay, he's a person of interest, yeah. and they go to his house with a search yeah. warrant, which is when they find the Uzi. Uzi. Yeah. And so now, like, that's a federal issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. thing, too, is, like, when they're interviewing with this part, he they straight up ask him, like, you know, I, are you involved, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no, I'm not. And he starts, like, twitching. And So when like, that was, like, that was, I'm like. And I was like, did they, like, edit that? Like, he like he always does that? Like, he has, like, a just, Oh, yeah, because like, he, like, he starts, like, like his eye twitches. And right. He's doing, and then he starts, he like, talking he about it. He has some text But, but they were interview. they were literally, like, yeah. m- like you don't, around but you that? don't see them yeah. until this point. And then point. this part, yeah. he starts doing it, and I was like, "Man, it just looks, yeah." And yeah. but it doesn't make him look no, more innocent, right, you right, know. Right. And it sucks because in reality, like you know, he's somebody having tics or anything right. like that does not. Exactly. You know, yeah. that we, we know that he's innocent, right? But. You know, when right. you're being interviewed, if he was doing that when he was being interviewed, right. the stress it's gonna make or, you, look you know, guilty. exactly. Or like when you're yeah. overthinking about trying not right. to look guilty, then it might right. trigger that. You know what I mean? Right, like right. You feel... Absolutely. Yeah. It's a stress related exactly. environment. Like I'm being asked about if I murdered people, so, if I if I made bombs. Of course. Of course I'm going to. Exactly. Yeah, of course and and that's the thing is like sex. I've also like had I've you know, I went on and like looked at different things that were talking about it and everything. Thing and all these people are like, well, he starts like twitching then, and I'm like, 
Okay, but the the magic of editing uh-huh. is right. that you can make it so that way somebody looks like they're not doing that mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. suddenly input that when mm-hmm. the time matters. Absolutely. You know? When you're looking for that dun dun dun. The dun dun dun. Yeah. Right. yeah. When you're looking for the dun dun dun, you put that in. Right. So So not only was he arrested for the illegal firearm, but he also had like an anarchist cookbook. Yes. About Which, making bombs. Okay. And that basically didn't they basically didn't find enough evidence there to press more charges. Because there were no bomb making because materials. Because there were no nothing. materials. Like he just had the book. But here's the deal. In nineteen eighty five who didn't have the anarchist cookbook. Everyone had a copy of that. No, yeah. you they didn't. At, um, Literally. Are you every, yes. every guy. Are you fucking yes. Every you know guy who ever wanted to try that. to get laid had a copy exactly. of the anarchist. Are like, you kidding me? Girl, girl look how dangerous girl. I am. <laughs> look at how dangerous look, I, I know I, how to I'm make a, a bomb a if I wanted to. Mm. I can blow shit up. <laughs> oh I'm an anarchist. God. Do you not? I'm gonna blow up this building. I'm gonna blow I've been up wearing, that pussy. I've been wearing long black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna blow that back out. I mean, I've been wearing long. Tr- I've been wearing long black trench coats since high school. Uh, like oh that's. God. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! So to me, this was just like your guilty Google search, right? You know what I mean? Like See, nowadays, like, like literally. Like your I feel like. Google well, yeah, search. exactly. But like I basically, also, you owning that a copy of that book is you telling I, me like everyone you're has. interested. I think everyone the people are so age, bizarre though. to me, Lindsay. I think the people our age though like associate that with like Columbine. We do, and absolutely. Stuff like that. So 100%. it's like, oh, it, it came out then, and it's I like did. we have to no. all remember that Mm-mm. that book was long here, and I didn't know many, that. many I years. Didn't know that, and I do, that. I do associate that with Columbine. Yes. But yeah. So yeah, long before those trench coat mafia yeah. motherfuckers yes. came along. No, long black trench coats. Fucking asshole, dude. Did it, you wait? Hold on, wait. Total segue. Did you see like there's a documentary out from Il- either Dylan Klebold or Harris's? That we are mom. Columbine. I don't no, think that no, it's no, it's, no, not it's, that one. it's I, on Amazon yep. Prime, and it's about like how her kid was basically raised in like a happy, healthy home. Mm. Oh and no, I want to watch no, that. Yeah, I watched the We Are Columbine one. And, yeah. yeah, okay, but so, so I'm interested. So in let's that. watch so, that. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so basically they basically they don't find enough evidence to press more charges, but witnesses in the judge building. Okay, so the day that the bombing happened in it happened in the judge building, they saw a clean cut guy with a varsity type jacket and it was a green letterman's jacket. And this was put on the news. And as soon as this was broadcasted out, everyone was like, Mark Hoffman wore mm-hmm. a green varsity jacket. Oh, that was like they flashed back to that one guy mm-hmm. and he was like like you could see and like and for what it like people did a really mm-hmm. good job like being dramatic with this because like he had like that really heavy like like almost as if he were in that moment mm-hmm. going dude i totally realized that was mark's right. jacket yeah like that's that's the jacket yeah. he always wore i loved um brent Metcalf. like yeah. i think he he was so amazing because like you could tell like when he was a younger guy um I probably would have been like, you're a dick, dude. But like, you could see. Oh, he totally, like, dude. Like, yeah, like but the you TV could interviews, see, like, like, he yeah, totally looks like a yeah, Chad. Yeah. He's totally a Chad. But like, after <laughs> this happens, like, you could see how fucking devastated. Yep. And, and how, like, it, oh, it, how and it changed him. And it, it pushed totally him away. It yeah. totally changed him. And, um, so, so Brent was one of those people that was like, that's Mark Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So then we see the funerals, um, and it's it's so fucking sad. I mean, just like Kathy, the wife of one of the intended recipient recipients of the mm-hmm. bomb, like you know, they had children, and this was just oh, that was their, and that was, was their, the whole thing that the cops were talking about that everybody was talking yeah. about was that dude. It could have been the family dog right, that right, nudged that. It could right, have been one of the kids right. that but picked it up. But it was the it, wife. Yeah. And like, yeah, and it's just so fucking sad. And so um, then we see Mark's wife talking. Um, the police go to search Mark's house. They find the green letterman's jacket. Um, there were still a lot of questions, though. Like, well, what is the motive? Well, and that's the and thing. And they, they were like, okay, here's the thing. Like, anybody that went to this high school Has would that have same had jacket. that right. same jacket. Yep. So we can't completely Throughout pinpoint time. it. Like, they it's, didn't it's, arrest them that. It's right. not no, even that didn't. year. Like, right. anybody who ever went to that high right, school right. Right. had that jacket. Right. And yeah. it's a small, like, I mean, Salt Lake City. I mean, it's a city, but it's relatively like, Or it could have bought it at a secondhand like, store. Right. Could have exactly. bought it at a thrift I mean, shop. Could have bought it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we look at Richard Ramirez. What was he buying yep. from a thrift shop? I mean, like, you know, it could have been, like, anyone. So it wasn't enough to, like, nail him at that time. Um, and the motive still wasn't clear because there's still, like, wait. Why would he want to do this? The, yep. This doesn't make sense. So that was that the uh, the other detective, right? Um, that he's the guy that keeps pointing. He's right. like, dude. He's like, guys. He's like, I get it. I get where you're going. I know yeah. what the scoop is. He's like, but right. we, there's no motive, right? Right. Like, there's no. Yeah, and there. Was, like, he's got this yeah. deal. He's got right. that deal. Like, there's, right. there's no. Right. Like, he's financially set. Right. He has no reason to be mad at these people. If, there's an, anything it would have seemed like the church would have been trying to silence him yep and so they didn't understand like what is the freaking motive he had so, a golden opportunity there to make it seem as yeah, though the he church did. He did. had mm-hmm. put these hits mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and flubbed it yeah hardcore because he probably could have at least had them running around with the church right. for a while to get right. himself like back right. to being like not normal so, so, yeah right not so suspicious. and like covering up his track but he just whatever. didn't and i was like why isn't he doing anything about that because in reality like there was that opportunity there that he could have like pinned it on them and he didn't and uh, like personally i think he was just ready to be found right some people just do that what's wrong dave <laughs> nothing Oh, my God. Okay. So New York City, 1984. This is when we're introduced to Justin Schiller, who's a gallery owner. And Mark was starting to branch out from Mormon documents. Um, He found the oath of the free man, which was the first documented print document printed mm-hmm. in America supposedly the original. the original right and he happens to find it in a Manhattan bookstore weird and the document weird <laughs> the document was tested specifically the ink and it could have been sold for around 1.5 million in the 1980s um and then we find out that Mark was living a much different life in New York City than what he would do in Utah. And so um obviously Mormons follow very strict rules with drinking and um caffeine and like any sex and like anything. And so when he was in New York City, he was living a completely different life. And Oh, he was a baller. 
when he was in New York. Yeah, right, right. Like he was, and that well, yeah, was yeah. He was living the high life. Oh yeah, well, because oh, yeah. and because he, he's rolling in cash. Yeah, and he's got all this right. stuff going on. Right, and I, I think this is where we hear the story. Um, that he it was impossible for he him was, to oh, get drunk. It's impossible for me to get drunk. Yeah. And, it, and they're like, no, just line up the shots. 15 to 16 doubles, and he appeared sober. Oh, yeah. And he said, well, and. But he went up to his room and puked. Went up to his hotel room and puked his brains out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, hey, if you keep up those appearances, do uh, your thing. I don't think I could do that. I could like, not. The 15 or 16 do that. doubles and then pretending how to be completely fine. How would you, be, how would you not be blacked? Well, the they said out. within an hour, and I was like, okay, well, maybe lie. it didn't, like. Like you've, you've, so he does it in an hour and then that. goes immediately upstairs and just. So laughably, I'm talking with a, I was uh, hanging out on Zoom with an old high school friend of mine last night, and we were, and I was telling the story. There was a mutual friend of ours who had this weird belief because um, I remember from one of the parties when we were in high school, he would drink somewhere from a third to a half bottle of olive oil because he believed he truly believed it would coat his stomach. And and then he would sit there and just Gross. pound. He would pound shots, pound shots, pound Lie. shots, pound shots. So he had loose stools. And then no, and then he would. Well, <laughs> but then he would. But then he would like disappear for twenty minutes, puke his brains out, shit his brains because he thought it would yeah. like because he thought it would like coat his stomach and keep it from absorbing into yeah. his system, and it would just sit. I'm not saying he was a smart man. No, I'm no, just saying, yeah, but obviously yeah. not the so, brightest bulb. Because here's the thing: like within an hour. It does take time for alcohol to absorb into the system. Like I don't, I don't want to get all, no, no, yeah. I don't want to get no, all no, math no, no, and no, no, sciencey no, no, no. and all no, that. No, no, and I understand that. But, 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 <laughs> fifteen to sixteen, like double, like that's, dude, like that's that's alcohol poisoning. That's impressive. That's your dead. And especially if you're coming for from a world where you don't drink. Yeah. Well. You don't drink when you're in Utah. Yeah. But when yeah, you're in true. New York. Or England. And or you're in Jolly Old England. Yes. <laughs> Jolly Old. Pip, pip, cheerio. <laughs> or what was your accent? <laughs> I know. You, it was I, like you, Irish. You just, you just want the heavy cock. Well, she got like, <laughs> can I, I have a few more shots? No, I got it. That was awful. Oh, somebody stop me. <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I can't. Okay. Please, sir. So... Could I have some more doubles? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so, anyways, so uh, we find out that Mark really. So liked... I was, I was going to ask, like, we're, are, do we, like, I'm close to needing one. Do we need to take a quick pause for refills? And... Um, whatever you guys want to do, I'm fine right now. Okay, but um, let's let we're almost done with this episode. Let's so let's continue. Okay, so um, Mark, we find out really like the high life. His wife said it was um, basically like feast. I'm sorry. Now I'm like, he likes the high life. He <laughs> likes to boogie. He likes to disco. <laughs> Um, so basically his wife said with him, it was like feast or famine. Like they either had a lot of money coming in or they could not afford to feed their kids. Well, so, and and that's the thing, like when you're, when you're not dealing with, uh, as like any entrepreneur can tell you, when you're not dealing with like a steady paycheck kind of thing. So, okay, great. I found, you know, I spent six months. Right. With nothing coming in, and then I find this document worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Cool, one point five million or one point five million, whatever you know. And 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 okay, great, you know. And and so it's yeah. 
So investigators figure out that the documents may have been forged. and But they can't figure out how. This w- right. So, But this would lead them to motive. Yeah. So the church sent the Salamander letter to the FBI. Yep. So the church relinquishes this letter. And this is where we meet amazing George Throckmorton. And he's a forensic document examiner from the FBI. And well, he used to work for the FBI. Seems like a fun guy. Oh, yeah. Seems like the life of the party. He's such a life of the party. I'd I'd love to just pump a couple shots into him and just watch him lose his mind. Um, But no, so he used to work for the FBI because so part of the backstory here or part of the story here. Yeah. Is that the FBI authenticates the Salamander letter. Okay, we're getting to that. So he brings in. So turns out George Shrack Morton is a Mormon. Yes. So he wants to bring in like an outside eye because he's like, listen, I want to be like unbiased I'm, yep, as, I, as I've, fucking possible. I've, I'm, yeah, like, I've, I've got a vested interest I, here. Right, I, yeah, yep. like I will find these documents forged, but I want to bring in someone else who's not. And so he finds he brings in this guy, William Flynn, and one of his questions is like, what religion do you practice? And he is like, well, I used to be a Catholic. And he's like, perfect. perfect. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I loved I loved how he described yeah. how he went about his work yeah where he said look if you come to me and you tell me yes. that the docu- if you come to me saying the document is real i'm, I'm gonna, gonna start by proving it's fake it's not if you right. come to me and tell me that a document right. is fake i'm gonna come at it proving it's and real. i love that yeah. too like i'm like that's a good investigator yep. like that's how you should go about your business and so they both examine these documents so, fast forward, December 1985, two months after the bombings. The oath of the Freeman appears to be authentic, according to the FBI, um, and the sale is pending. For investigators, this isn't good news because they're like, what the well, fuck? Like, that, the FBI finds this well, fucking and, authentic. And then like, there's no motive. Right. Then they're he's like, got $1.5 right, exactly. million yeah. dollars coming in. Right. And then they're like, okay. Well, so, or he's got seven hundred fifty thousand right, dollars because we didn't even he's going to gonna split it with because this Schiller. other guy, yeah, right. So the FBI confirms the salamander letter is real. Okay, FBI, you just lost all cred, all cred, all cred, <laughs> all cred. So Mark Hoffman revealed. Um, or so we find out like Mark Hoffman reveled in being on the news and he was just like eating all of this up. Like he was like, fuck, yeah, like I'm on the news. Turn it on. I want to watch it. Like so we already see like that narcissistic personality right. forming. So Throck, Throckmorton disagreed with the FBI in the Salamander letter. And he was basically like disgusted with the fact that the FBI found this letter to be real. But he he was like, you know what? I'm still going to investigate this letter. And he noticed that the ink on the documents had a cracking effect. So they compared the documents that were older than Hoffman to ones, the ones that, like, he the... had handled. Mm-hmm. And all the docs he had handled had the cracked ink effect, but the other ones did not. That were already in the church did not. Right. So they find... um so this is where they find the plates um, uh, that he had used to forge the documents for the oath of the free man. And um, 
basically he went to like an antique dealer or like somewhere like that and they had made them these they had made him these plates that um he was able to forge and like use in his forge. Yeah, they like made their own copy to like right. to like assess right the how it presses. Right. And so this is when he was finally charged. Like they realized that this like oath of the free man, these are forged. Um we found where you made these plates because they found it somehow through um oh I remember. So um he had came in with cash to pay for these plates, but he was missing like 16 cents or like something. Yeah, like it was like $2 Some odd amount of change. And so he wrote him a check for the, like that odd amount of change for those plates. And so that's when they were able to trace it back to him. Because the check was in Mark Hoffman's R- name. But it was like his alias. Like right. it wasn't like his, it mm-hmm. wasn't actual Mark Hoffman, but it was like in an mm-hmm. alias he had been using. So they realized like, okay, he is forging these documents. Um, So this is where we get to episode three. Episode three. Uh, so Mark pleads guilty, uh, five to life and agrees to tell investigators everything, which is like the investigators are completely shocked because they're like, well, I think that agreeing to tell them everything had everything to do with the fact that if he didn't, he was facing the death penalty, the death penalty. Yeah. So, which seems kind of excessive, but at the same time, I'm just like, it doesn't seem excessive when you kill two people well sure but i'm like i feel like um yeah like lesser crimes go for more yeah, yeah like there's I get, less I get exactly there's less things that happen and they get or there's i get what you're saying and they get less so um we find out like in his childhood like mark and his friends like the first like one time they go out and they're going on like a treasure hunt and he finds like a jar of coins and the story is, is that he like orchestrated this. Like right. he went out into the woods, he planted this jar of coins. And then when him and his friends were out like on this treasure hunt, he knew where to look and find this jar of coins. And that kind of like ropes him into like this idea of like, I can find these rare things. And, and look and, at how like, special I am. People. Yeah. Right. And it's like getting people. this like notoriety right. for being able to do something. And that's what he said is like fooling people gave him a sense of power and superiority. Right. So he started at a very young age of forging coins and he said I was um he was pronounced genuine by the US Treasury Department right. for these coins and this just gave him like the ego to be like I can fool the US Treasury Department I can fool fucking well, anyone. Well, he said if the Treasury sh- says it's genuine, then right. it is by definition genuine. Right. Yeah. And what I loved is he said this quote, and I just thought, like, wow, this is fucking weird. He said, if something seems to be true and comes to be accepted as true, then it's true. Mm-hmm. And I was just well, like. Perception versus reality. Right. Right. Like, wow, that's just crazy. So then we see his wife, Dory Hoffman, and she's basically saying, like, at that point, she didn't know. He fooled her and her children, and she wasn't a part of any of this. And he staged the Anton transcript with his wife, um, which is the first um, major document that she found in the Bible. Um, he staged that. He put the document in there. 
and basically was like left it out on the kitchen table for her to flip through and for her to find this document. And um, he didn't feel like he was using her at And he all. told her. He did, but tell then backed her, off, and then backed yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he at first told her he was he made the Anton transcript, and then was like, "I'm just and, kidding," and he, and he put it there for her to find, and then and then she was yeah. like, like, and he could tell like how shaken she was, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm just joshing. So I'm just, just talking kidding. out of my hat. It's actually authentic. So. Um, within their house, he had a room he locked her out of, and she thought it was just like a messy room of his. And she was like, "Glad I don't have to clean it. Like, whatever. I'm not gonna pry. Like, I get that. She I have four kids. That, I don't though. have fucking time for that shit. <laughs> like, bitch. Um. So what he made was made to order. The investigators said it seems miraculous. No one. If somebody had says ever I'm looking on. for something right. from this person, Alvin suddenly Mutt. he right. has it. Right, exactly. He has one. He's right. ready for it. And what one of the investigators said was like greed causes people to overlook things. Like you think you're getting your hands on this rare document. You're gonna overlook. Well, and that was that. Honestly, that was the interesting found. point by the investigator yeah. is that it's the greed on both parts that make this kind of thing possible, mm-hmm. right? It's the greed of the person creating it, and the matched one of by one the greed of the person mm-hmm. who wants it. Exactly. Right. So, um, Brent Mac- Metcalf, um said, you know, he had no suspicions and this scared him because it cut to the heart of who he was, that he could just be easily deceived by someone. And I was like, I get that. Like, that would mess with me as a person. Like, if you were able to deceive me in that way. Like, I thought I was a better, like, right. I could read like, people Like, I could better. judge like, I, yep. people better than that. Like, that would fucking mess with me, mm-hmm. especially because Brent Matt. Metcalf went on media and was defending his ass. Oh yeah, and it was oh, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, there's no way that he was he a part of this. There's guy. No, right, right. no, he's a good friend of mine. Oh right. yeah. So Mark told Brent that he had become an atheist at age 14. So all of the stuff on Mormonism was a show, and so it felt good for him to fool them when he was able to. Um, well, people that were considered prophesiers, right? Know what I mean, it's like he's he's like it feels good to fool people who are like literally supposed to be the right. best of the best, right? Investigating this thing, right? And, and I can you're fool saying them. that it's authentic, then it's right. authentic, right? Right. So the fallout of Hoffman's documents caused a huge questioning about the very basis of their faith. Obviously, we talked about this. Um, he said, I wouldn't go so far as to say I wanted to change Mormon history. And then he goes, I take that back. Maybe I Maybe did. I did. And his plan was going to be to forge the 116 lost pages of the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. which is like a huge thing. That's a lot it to could forge. Have, it could have sold for seven or eight But figures. that's the crazy part is when they start talking about how he forged it, which just, is next. Well, just how good he was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at seeing yeah. a writing style mm-hmm, and right. being able to immediately mimic it. Right. Like, that's crazy. So he, he was able to forge most things within one to two days, and he would pull down the ink with a vacuum. So it's called foxing. To cre- oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So to create the aging effect of the ink. And he would create environmental damage to the documents themselves. 
Um, yeah, he would use a five-gallon aquarium, mm-hmm. and one side of like a wire would be inside of a jar of water with salt, and then the other one would be yeah. exposed inside of it, and then the, the paper would would be inside of that mm-hmm. aquarium. So it would cause like oxidization, mm-hmm. like rapid oxidization. Yeah. So, yeah, he fucking knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he was doing. So July 1985, four months before the bombing, um, basically we find out that he squandered all the money that he had. And Rust, who Alvin Rust. to be a baller in New York. Right. <laughs> Rust, who had invested the money in the McClellan documents, never got the money from Dude, I feel, that, like, honestly, he, I feel so bad for yeah. that guy. He was like, yep, I was financially ruined. Yep. He had to sell his entire collection to pay the debt. Because he borrowed yes. money from the yes. bank yes. to give it to him. Yes. as a loan. Assuming yeah. that he, he was, was going to get the money. Interest. Yeah. And, and then yeah. some. Yeah. Right. So October 12th, 1985, three days before the bombing, Russ and Christensen were putting pressure on Hoffman to get the McClellan collection. And basically, we find out he had created like this Ponzi scheme of fake documents to get him out of like this pressure. So and that was the, you know, he like he branched out into other stuff. Oh, yeah. So all all of a sudden, I've got this document signed by Betsy Ross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had a Mark Twain signature. Because I can can sell that to cover this. The night before the bombings, Brent said Mark seemed happy because he wanted to go see him at his house. Mark seemed happy and at peace. Um, No great harm was done. They might have died in a car accident, the worthlessness of life or whatever. That is what Mark Hoffman said to the investigators. Like... Well, he knew that the next day he was going to go and kill people. Right. But basically what he was saying is like, why should I be held um, accountable for that. They could have died in a car accident. Well, one thing that he said that was really, really, uh, like haunting for me was when they said, Oh, like the, um, don't you feel bad about like the victims and all this stuff? And he goes, Well, they're not really victims because they're not hurting right now. Right. Yeah. No, he, he gives, they're zero dead. So shit. they're, it's like, that's it. He and gives zero. He just shit. clearly Sociopath. does not care. Yeah. Sociopath for sure. <laughs> Sociopath for sure. So um, this is when they go back and they do a reenactment of the bombings. And it gave me so much anxiety because we watch him in his jacket. I mean, obviously reenactment, like I said, but we watch him go up with the box to Christensen's doorstep. He he lays the box down. He walks away. And then we see Christensen walk up with like a newspaper and like a lunch and like go into the office and any regular day sees a box, picks it up and we know what happens. Um so the documentary did like a really well so and that's and that's crazy how... job of showing like your life can change in seconds. Well like how do you know it's not seconds. his secretary well, that and gets that's there the thing. early but and that's picks the up thing. that box. He didn't care. It's... He didn't care. Yeah. He didn't right. give a shit. He didn't give a shit. That well, he, he dropped it off at his door sheets. personally. So yeah. it's like he's hoping that it's, right. he's going to be the first person to see it. So know? this bomb was wrapped with nails and he practiced the bombs in the desert. So this was completely premeditated bullshit. Like this wasn't like he was practicing. He was practicing how to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the bomb that killed Kathy Sheets was a diversion. There was a he said there was a 50 50 chance it would go off. Um, it was a game for well, him and I mean, he didn't care who he I was. Like, so that's that's his story. His story was, well, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I kind of rigged it so that it might work. Motherfucker. It, yeah, it might work. It might not work that. 
Dude, screw you. Well, he said it didn't matter who was who it was that he picked up asshole. the box, whether it was a child, a dog, or a stranger. Right. And then yeah. the third bomb was not a suicide attempt because they thought that it was at first. Yeah. But it was actually supposed to be, be- maybe, possibly meant for Brent, Brent Ashworth. Ash- Ashworth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he thought of killing associates of his. Luckily, Brent Ashworth stayed home that day on suggestion of his wife. Because who just had a weird yeah, vibe. Yeah, she was feeling, just yeah. like she was just like I don't know. I don't think you should go into the office today. And he listened. He to ate her. pizza and watched a yeah, movie. He yeah, was, he was living his best life. Yeah, honestly. Li- moral of the story: Listen to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> happy um, wife, hey, happy life. <laughs> get bombed and don't get bombed. Right. <laughs> he exactly. doesn't. Basically, though, like what we learn from these interviews is he has no remorse for his victims. At all. Like, it's basically like they would have died one way or another. Oh, so so the, I took their life And they early. actually, so they asked the question, like, you know, do you feel remorse? And he was yeah. like, well, yeah. And it, they were like, well, but do you feel remorse because you did it? And he's like, Or no. do you feel remorse because you got caught? No, it's because he's in jail. And he was like, no, it's because I got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so honest. He practiced, also we learned he practiced passing polygraph tests for like yes. a long time. And he passed them like. Dude, which is so. Yeah. Why we should not fucking use them. Well, like how yeah. He started practicing that? that at like 12 or 13 years old. Yep. So considering yeah. how old he was when he was arrested, he had like 20 years. Yeah. To just practice passing these things. Right. So Mark tries to orchestrate a hit within prison to some of the board of pardons because he's a fucking moron. Criminals. They ain't (laughs) smart. That's why you're in prison, motherfucker. So, um, and he wanted to, uh, he wanted to kill the board of pardons, but also George Throckmorton. And, um, his wife served him with divorce papers while he was in prison. So, like, and honestly, like, that was, that was one of the interesting things is like all through the doc, they've subtitled her as his wife, his mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. his wife. Mm-hmm. And it's not until here Ex-wife. where it's former wife. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, oh, like come uh, on now. Okay, she's been a former a wife the entire day. But right. they just no spoilers, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, uh, that would bother me as his wife. Yeah, that would bother me. Like, yeah. don't put me as his wife. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah. Um, not currently, at least. Um, Mark stashed sleeping pills and uh, uh, in prison, <laughs> and he I cut just... off blood supply to his arm so when he that's fell so unconscious. Weird. So here's the thing. So. so like, I fall asleep in weird positions sometimes because mm-hmm. I like I'm I, like I just dude I, like I'll fall asleep on the or pass out whatever on the couch um, blackout whatever it just Brown happens out. just happens <laughs> um, you're buying a shot after this <laughs> duh <laughs> I assume that was implied um, but no so like and I've fallen asleep on my arm before and like and but then I'll like I'll wake up and I'm like. Why do I have a T Rex arm? Like why? <laughs> right, yeah. Like my arm? Oh, like why? Like, <laughs> I've done things where like I pass out behind and I'm like, whose hand? Yeah, like why do I? It's have yours. Like, what's it's yours, on? bitch. It's yours. But that's that's a phenomenal angle for you, by the way. Just thank just so you. you know. Oh, oh. <laughs> damn it! At least my shirt's up there. Um, but no, so like, so so I get it. Like they're like, oh yeah, he took all these sleeping pills. And apparently that kept him from waking up when he was mm-hmm. laying on his arm mm-hmm. and it permanently cut off circulation Cheerios. to the point where like it mm-hmm. it 
he has no use dead, of his hand dead anymore. Arm now. Right. So he can never use the hand that he used to forge, which is just like How bittersweet. Bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't die, though. That sucks. So SLC taxpayer is still paying for the motherfucker. Um, to this day, no one knows how many forgeries are still out there floating around. Oh, so and that was the crazy part is so like once you have because this gets into the whole like concept of you don't you don't want to admit that mm-hmm. you were duped like because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of an ego blow yeah that you were taken in by this right. and like and you look and like, exactly like Brent Matcliffe well so that's the thing like yeah. and Throckmorton was like dude this guy was a genius like the that's FBI right. like the FBI like if it weren't for this one random mm-hmm. thing that we noticed the cracking mm-hmm. and then we started going down that rabbit hole right. we would have never well, been able to identify this. What's so crazy, though, too, is like Throckmorton talks about he was like, I did not accept the FBI's like version of what happened. He's like, like I just he knew was something like, was he off. He was like, I was like, he, and he said he was like, I was pissed off at yeah. the FBI. Like, I was like, you didn't do enough. Yeah. And like, so now I'm going to fucking dig deeper yep. and I'm going to do this. And so, and like you said, that's the thing is like how many more floating mm-hmm. around out there that people are paying top fucking dollar for? Mm-hmm. What's in the Smithsonian that that's fucking fake? I mean, there's got to be some. There's, there's something. Yeah, there's something. something. There's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Da Vinci Code. Like, you know, like well, there's so, but, some and, bullshit. But so like that's the part that's like you have to give him credit is he would go – Dude, the the steps that he took and the lengths that he went to to find age appropriate paper mm-hmm. to like to create the put it in an spe- aquarium to the spe- with salt the specific like, mix of who would ink. think to do because like, like here's like, like so well yeah he had like an ink uh like specific mixture yeah, right because like, like, like there's stuff acidic. like when, like when right. people um forge some of the right. classics right. like there are things. In paint, like mm-hmm. so, like there are certain things that have happened. Like so, if like any paintings that have happened after mm-hmm. 1945 mm-hmm. have certain radiological signatures mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. because the radiation from Hiroshima and Nagasaki right, went right. around the world, right? And so the true masters paintings right. don't, don't have, have those, right? So, so like, how did you? So you have that? to go find materials How? to make so like so that's the thing so in order to like to, like you have to like is it sadly oh, he said where there was like a thing where they showed where like he would open up old books and like cut out and the cut paper. out the paper that so yeah. that's the thing like he was he was but phenomenal like how was that. that not how was that like I'm just like I would love to pick the brains of like these FBI guys. Like, how was that paper not influenced by something like Hiroshima? Or like how was it like preserved? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how did he know? Or was he he was probably just fucking gambling with like whatever. Well, no, because so here's the thing. Like, if you find he was like, I, a book that was printed in right. the eighteen hundreds. Right. But it still survived. Chemical signature, like find any other book from the 1800s. Yeah. Chemical signatures are the same. So let me cut a page out of this book. Right. Wash out the ink. Right. Which is a standard process for forgers Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then put whatever I want on it. Mm -hmm. The paper matches. It passes that test. Uh It passes this test. It passes that. Because. Right. 
Then he's right. using the super acidic ink, and then he's yep. using the vacuum to pull it through, yep. and he's doing the, yeah, uh, the aquarium, you know, the aquarium thing. thing. Crazy. Yeah. So it's like he's going through all these hoops. So yet it's again, like you'd have to be criminals, very, very smart to figure that out. If criminals would that. just take 10% of the energy exactly. that this they put into doing thing. Like if the wrong right, to to do do thing, to do the right thing, you would the world would be such a better way. Right? <laughs> yeah. But he got something like as soon as the U.S. Treasury Department certified those first coins that he had forged, mm-hmm. that just went straight to his fucking head. And he was yeah. like, I can fool fucking if I can fool the U.S. Well, government at that level. He the fucking church. He's well, fooled, yeah, but even you know, before that, like he, he the first thing he did was fool the U.S. Treasury when he was like 14, yep. 15 years old. Like as soon as you do that, can you imagine the fucking ego boost that mm-hmm. you get? I can. I don't have rules. I don't have rules. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can make incredible money off of it. It's insane. It's fucking insane. I will say that watching this documentary, whoever they had doing the calligraphy, that was super satisfying. So thank you. That was. Thank you for that doing that. That was Hoffman. He knew how to do that calligraphy. No, I know. But they were like showing like video of someone oh, yeah. doing calligraphy. Okay, I but love it wasn't actually. Yeah. Very satisfying love, for me to watch. I love stuff like that. Is so beautiful. Loved I love it. Too. Every second of it. Yeah, so I whoever always did that. Thank you because you were the best part. Right. I always want to write with like a feather and an ink. I know. Pot and, like, so yes. I, I like I went through my phase where like I had the calligraphy you sets. Did. And I, I had have all calligraphy that. sets. You're I currently do. I currently do, and I love them. I love it. It's super cool. Like, and I, I could never do it and I learned. I'm a, I'm left handed, so I smear the ink. So I didn't know you were left handed. You did, girl. Yes. I feel like if so I funny knew that, story. I always forgot it. I was left handed, and they made you switch. They made me be right handed. So now you're an ambivert. I can like depending. Mm. It's, it's weird depending on the topic that I'm writing on. My uncle's can, like that. It yeah. was like at a time in history where his uh-huh. school teacher was like, whack. No, you rise with the right. Mm-hmm. But um, Obama's left handed too. And whenever you see him signing documents, he's like this. Because he's trying to avoid smearing he's, the ink. Right. Yep. He's trying to avoid it. And I was like, that is like, that's like literally me. what I have to deal that's with. That's what I have to deal with. Because otherwise it's just a mess of ink. And then I have the ink with splotch all over my hand. But anyways, it's beautiful. And I thought this, I thought it was a really good documentary. It could have been always shorter. We will always say that, you know, but. <laughs> it's the only time you'll ever hear girls say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am less. No, actually, no, that's wrong. I don't need you to keep going for hours. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I don't need yeah, it. No, I don't no, need that was, it. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> hours I got mine. We're done. Me. <laughs> right. I got mine. We're off. Good. <laughs> Wonderful. Finish up quick. Right. <laughs> All right. Go, so, get, go get the rag. Everyone, thank you. <laughs> go get the towel. The nasty towel in my corner. I call it old crusty. Um, old crusty. Go get old crusty. <laughs> God, we're disgusting. Okay. Love y'all. On that note. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We're going to, I don't think we're going to do 90 day today. I think, I, think I, yeah, we don't have time to. So we'll I mean, do. Um, exactly, I mean, okay. We'll do two episodes of 90 day next week. Um, and then we'll let you know. It'll what, be three episodes by then. Will it? It sure will. Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah, we had a skit. So three episodes of 90 Day next week. That's okay. Week. We'll be fine. 
I mean, we have that, plenty of stuff. After so that, we're trying so to figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, yeah. We'll let you know what documentary we're going to do. Thank you for joining in. And we love you. We love you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.